Welcome back to the Total Focus Podcast. I'm your host, Paul. Our sponsor of the week is Mid-Atlantic Video and Photography Production. No matter if you are in need of a photographer or a videographer, they are the guys to get the job done. If you have a wedding coming up and you need photo help, if you have a special event, you need pageant photos, you need a wedding videographer, you need a videographer to shoot a commercial, you're doing a documentary, all of those things, we'd be happy to help you. So please reach out to Mid-Atlantic Video and Photography Productions and let them know that you heard us on the podcast. Our special guest this week is a former double Miss Maryland and one of only three young ladies that have won both America and USA Miss Maryland titles I am so thankful to have our second double title holder on on the show. Christina Denny is on the show. She was Miss Maryland 2013, and she was Miss Maryland USA 2016. What can I say else but an absolute incredible woman? I'm always blown away when I get the opportunity to really do a really awesome sit down with her and to do photos with her. She's an incredible person inside and out. She has an incredible husband who is phenomenal and she's currently um, nine months pregnant and she had the opportunity to sit down with me and do a one-on-one conversation and she talks about her early years doing and doing cheerleading and getting in the pageantry and doing modeling and how that all led into becoming Miss Maryland and then becoming Miss Maryland USA. What an incredible person. If you like pageantry, then you need to listen to this episode. So stay tuned. And welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Paul. I'm happy to be here. Oh, I'm so excited to have one of my excellent, amazing friends on the show. So it's always a pleasure to have such a superstar like yourself. So, Oh, stop. <laughs> no, I mean, literally, if we're going to talk about like historically, we're, we're, we are definitely talking in rare air. You're in a, a private sisterhood of only three queens, so... Um, if we're talking about historically, so that's something that should not be like just blown off. So, um, anytime I get to work with you personally, um, or get to talk to you is always a pleasure because I think that there's so much that everyone can learn from you because, um, of all the things you've achieved and all the hard work you've put in. So, well, I hope that I can help some listeners out there if their dreams are, achieving pageant greatness (laughs) well i think i think there's a lot of stuff that also because you also were on television for a long time as well as doing modeling so i think there's lots of things and then on top of being um short traveling around the world for pageantry so i'm sure there's lots of things that that you could really help some people because uh you know um starting out i'm sure you weren't um the guru of everything but um now now that you have that definitely (laughs) not Exactly. Now that you have that, now that you have that, um, I'm sure that things would, would have gone much easier. So, 
Yeah, well, we'll touch on all of that. It feels like a lifetime ago now. Well, I'm happy to relive the good memories. Well, the great thing is that in pageantry you can do it your entire life so just because you're in your 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 next voyage of life doesn't mean that you can't do something else and i'm sure television will be calling shortly so don't um don't rule that out so yeah i don't rule anything out i don't burn any bridges we'll see what happens i always get asked are you going to do mrs america are you going to do mrs pageants i'm like oh you just have to wait and see i don't know (laughs) I think you'll probably crush them if you would. So, but I think <laughs> well, I, I, I think your baby is going to take up a lot of your time for at least a couple years. So I assume that you're going to be an awesome mom, and you have an awesome husband that's going to just spoil your your baby too. So I'm I'm sure that that's going to be your first priority. So, yeah, that's the center of my world right now, especially being in quarantine. What else is there to do? We're getting ready for babies. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's been really exciting. It's um. Do you, did you think that um, it it just happened to be a good time for you guys to really close um build a great bond as a married couple? Do you think that's worked out to your advantage? I think absolutely, and it's so funny because Ethan, my husband, and I both work at the same place, and we've both been able to work together at home. So it's really worked out well for both of us. All I mean considering i would still you know like to go out to tj maxx once in a while but all things you really love are, that i thought you were we just did a no, photo I joking we just did a photo shoot um outside everyone and she was almost 10 feet away i did not want her to get sick in any way and i'm not sick and she's not sick but we're just playing good role and she made this comment she wanted to go shopping and i'm like oh really i'm like okay <laughs> And it's funny, too, because I'm such a frugal person and people know me as being very, you know, conscious about savings. But I just love walking around and seeing everything. And it's just a fun hobby. But isn't TJ Maxx the same online? But is, oh, I know. Exactly. Isn't TJ Maxx considered to be the more frugal one or is that or is that the other one? Because they're owned by the same company. TJ Maxx is owned by Max, Max and Company or they are, are I, they, I, you know, I have no idea. There, there, there's three, <laughs> there's three shop like retailers that are owned by, but I, maybe TJ Maxx is the one at the top, but are, I don't are, know, but I love everything they have. But are they, <laughs> they are they the like, like middle it's ground? Like TJ Maxx, Marshalls and Ross? Yeah, are this yes. One? Yes. That's ah, the okay, three. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But which yeah, one I is TJ Maxx is like tier one. Oh, it is tier and one. And then you have the other ones. Although I like those two. I mean, I'm always. On the lookout for a good bargain. <laughs> I mean, to be sincerely, if you don't if you don't like the price there, you should go to the other place because they do um, push the vault, the push the the after it doesn't sell through, they push it down the line. Ah, okay. They're rotating stock amongst yes. all of their stores. Yeah, hmm. that's how they. So this is good to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell Ethan. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if if they could ever come up with like a really cool way of having like a virtual outfit where it would just like scan your body and then you could look at it in the mirror, it could cover the idea of going shopping, but you still probably want to walk the aisle and hold things up too. So Oh, that's actually you know, I wouldn't be surprised if something like that already existed. Of course I'm sure it's exorbitantly expensive, but like a mirror that you stand in front of and you can just try all the different outfits on and then it'll like custom make it to your body. Ooh, Paul, we are onto something. Hey, <laughs> I remember seeing, do you, okay. I, I don't know if you're a big movie person, but 
you're my generation, so you should get this. You remember the movie Clue? Uh-huh, yep. Okay. I haven't seen it, but I've seen parts of it. Okay. In the movie, when she's, like, picking out her outfit for, the like, the first time for in the movie, she literally has a video board. This is 1995, and she's literally pushing, like, going through her dresses, and she pre she pre-photoed all of her dresses, and she's just going through it with a like a spin. oh wait clueless yes oh yes 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 oh my so gosh. that's what that's what i'm talking about like since i've seen that i know but that's exactly what i'm talking about but like more more like you're moving and like it scans your actual body so if you know maybe if you gained a little in one section it will adapt you know show you what it looks like maybe the dress will you know rip if you wear that dress you know <laughs> so, <laughs> something. or this one is extra flattering right, exactly <laughs> Yeah, that would be great for the way my body's looking right now. I'm oh, whatever. Pretty large in the center. <laughs> Ladies, I swear, she's like, she tells me, I, I, I don't like this dress, but she comes out in this beautiful dress. She says she's never worn before, and it's perfect for um, baby photos. And I'm like, yes, that's exactly. She's like, I never wore this before. It's just like perfect. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, okay. Well, I was. I was nervous because it's not a maternity dress. And so if you know anything about maternity clothing, they're very flattering. It usually like cinches in on the sides and it makes your bump look super cute. But other clothing, it like hangs like a garbage bag. <laughs> it, just, it just makes you look 30 pounds larger than you actually are. So I was I was hesitant because I didn't want to go out and buy, you know, really nice maternity gowns that are like floor length. It could be like $100, $200. And I have other more important things to spend that money on right now. So I was like, okay, I know I have something. I'm going to make it work. I'm just going to try it on. And it just, it worked out well. So if you guys haven't seen the photos yet, you can check out my Insta. They're going to be amazing. I haven't posted them as of this recording, but check it out. Let me know what you think. Dresses from Southman Under. (laughs) (laughs) You know, see, hey, you should reach out to them before, um, before this airs and see if you can get a promo code. So you can be like, so I totally adore us. I love these people. Wink, wink, you know. So, you know, it's so funny about that. It, and this is tip for all of you pageant girls out there. When I was getting ready to go to Miss USA, I did exactly that. I went into the store and I literally was just there to go shopping just to find some clothing because you get a lot of sponsorship clothing, but you still need like casual stuff. And you, you mean, you're not in an evening gown the entire time. So you need like comfortable clothing to go on outings and things like that. So I went into Southman under just happened to start chatting with the manager there, got into the, you know, the story of how I was, I had done pageants and I was going to Miss USA and that's what I was shopping for. And they hooked me up. They gave me like 30% off. Plus they gave me the manager's discount and some more promo code. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yes. Like, let me talk to all the store owners. Like if you're personable and you get in there and you just, you know, chat with them, stores like that. And Southman under is fairly popular, but it's not like a nationwide chain and they want that advertising, you know, a platform like Miss USA is huge. So if you can get in and make friends with like managers and owners of boutiques or other stores that you like, you could really get hooked up with some good discounts. Do you think that's just a, a simple thing of being open and honest and communicating with with whatever it is? If it's a shoe company, it's a clothing company, it's you know, you're doing a project. Is it just that communication level that you need to express yourself and try to see if they're willing to work with you? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, communication is like the job of being a title holder. It's literally what you do as a title holder. You make connections with people. 
that's what you do. That's the job. So if you can practice that even before you've gotten the title, and you're going to have those skills to bring to the pageant, first of all, but it's also going to help you with every other aspect of your life because that's going to be important in jobs. Like a lot of the reason people get ahead in jobs is because of networking. It's because of who you know and the relationships that you're able to form. That's part of the reason I love pageantry so much is because it taught me those skills. But if you're interested in, you know, forming partnerships, getting sponsorships, it is 100% about how you communicate with them. And it's not just what they can give to you, which of course it's, I mean, it's nice to get free things, but it's also what you can give back to them. How are you going to help promote them? Um, what are the benefits that they are going to receive off of, you know, helping you out? So you come to agreements with people. I'll do so-and-so posts. I will, you know, I have this many followers. This is how many people are going to see this. I will shout you out on the radio, you know, whatever you can to help them out as well. It's, it's a give and take. Do you find it, it's always good to negotiate or do you, are, are you willing to go if someone's going to do something like give you a discount, are you willing to do more because of that? Or do you like to um, narrow them down to a certain amount of requ requirements? I always try to do as much as possible. I mean, if they're going to be generous enough to help me out, I'm going to do whatever I can to help them out in return. Um, one particular boutique that I've been close with for probably, I mean, it's been like almost 15 years now that we've been very close to synchronicity and they have helped. They have literally saved my butt so many times. <laughs> and it's just really great. If, if they know that you are going to go out of your way to help them, they're going to do the same for you. Like when I was getting ready to leave for Miss America, I had been working with an, a sub, I'm not going to name drop because I don't want to like throw anybody, you know, under the bus, but I had been working with a different boutique. I had ordered a dress for the show us your shoes parade, which I was very excited about. And for those of you who don't know, it's this huge parade, which I really hope they'll continue. I, we can talk about Miss America and where it's going. Oh yeah. We're going to get there. But, um, I had ordered a dress. I was told it was going to be in probably like a week before I was ready to leave. It was not. I was given incorrect information. It was literally the day before I had to leave for Miss America. I did not have an outfit for the Show Us Your Shoes parade. No, and because I had no. such good communication with Synchronicity and we were so close, I literally was able to just swing by. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you guys, I'm freaking out. I don't have anything to wear. And they were like, deep breaths. Let's take a look at what we have. And I ended up finding the most perfect gown. And they were like, just take it. Just take what you need. Do you need other outfits? Like here, borrow some dresses. Like we know you're going to make us proud. We just want to make sure that you're comfortable and you have everything that you need. So it really speaks to the importance of having good relationships with people, specifically sponsors, if you're in the pageant world, because they do so much. They literally give so much to these pageants. I mean, sponsoring every single person's opening number dress, like, that's crazy. That's That could be like 30 to 50 dresses that they're sponsoring. So that's so like we, uh, $100,000, $200,000 worth of, of um, product that could be damaged or that is out it's there. It's a lot of money. It's a yeah. lot of money. I don't know if it's quite that much, but each dress I mean, is what? $500, really, $600? Is that? It could be. I mean, it depends on the dress they choose. You it's know, a lot of money. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Is that, do you think that's, is that your, you've learned a great way of communicating and, and building that? Or 
do you think that they've recognized that from past queens or do you think that they're they've they've built a great relationship with you personally so they trust you more i think it is I don't want to say that they don't have good relationships with everybody because of course sponsors always try to make it work with sure. any title holder. I mean, you win a title for a reason because the judges see mm-hmm. your character and they see that you're a good person and you know, you work a lot in the community and you're going to work hard with the title that you're given. But you know, it's just like making friends. Some people right. you end up being really, really close with and some people you're just friendly acquaintances with. And I, I think that's what I would equate it to. I mean, I, I find that your personality is definitely very open and giving and willing to help. So that's why um, I was just trying to, to, it's, to me, it's really important to be that way because then you get more, you get twice in return. Like I always take the philosophy that um, you do, you do what you can, like you pay it forward. So, and then you hope that it comes back. You don't require it to come back. So they did all that. So the way I would take it is they did that in good faith, hoping that good things come back. And you just did a promo for them. So to me, it's like you definitely repaid them because hopefully they'll get 10 times the amount of business uh, for for any help they did or because you let them, you know, um, do um, take that dress. It's going to be have some advertisement. So that's all in good faith, you know. Yeah, definitely. And I, you know, I just like people. I just like making friends. I like being able to just stop in the store whenever and, you know, update them on my life and see what they're doing. And there's like new grandkids and, you know, everything is very exciting. People graduating college. And I just like to keep up with people's lives. And I'm a people person. That's just who I am. (laughs) Well, I mean, the pageant world, that's one thing that you definitely have to grow into. If you're not a people person, you have to grow into it because if you're not, then would you say you would struggle if you're, if it's not, you're not a people person naturally? I would, you can be successful in pageantry. If you're not a super bubbly outgoing person, you don't need to have a certain personality type to be successful in pageantry, but the nature of the job is interacting with people. So if you are, you know, say uncomfortable in social situations or you're uncomfortable speaking in public you're going to have to maybe work a little bit harder to make those things work out well for you, but you could still be just as successful. Gotcha. It just happens that I tend to meet a lot of title holders who are very outgoing. <laughs> I think that's just the type of person that gravitates towards the world of pageantry. The people who love to be on stage and want to be outgoing and want to be like the star of the show, like put the spotlight on me. <laughs> I mean, that's a good, that's a good thing to be too. If you can, um, attract what, what's they say the, you, you attract people that are like, like-minded. So it's always good to have that. If you're attracting people that are the same type of person, you can mesh really well. Is that how you believe or have you been taught? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, it can be tricky though, because when you get a lot of strong-willed, independent women who <laughs> love to be the center of attention in one place, I mean, you can only imagine how that goes I'm down I'm giggling sometimes. and laughing, so yeah, of course. <laughs> but for the most part, everybody that I've met, I mean, you hear the mean girl stories, but I've never had those experiences. Everybody that I've met has been really nice and I've never had like enemies in the pageant world. And, you know, people say things 
because people are people. I mean, it's just what you do, especially when you throw in something like the VoI boards, which are like anonymous boards. I think, I don't even know if they exist anymore, but they used to. Oh yeah, to, of course they do. Where you could go and just, you know, post random things anonymously about people and, it's now called it can, Reddit. It can Reddit. get pretty rough when you're posting anonymously from behind a screen. Oh, of course. But you just ignore those people. And... I mean, have you heard of Reddit yet? Oh, I'm on Reddit every day. Yeah, I Reddit. Was just on Reddit they before did, this. Yeah, they have those <laughs> private closed boards where they talk crap. So, yeah, that stuff doesn't go away. So, yeah. Yeah, but if you there's... just ignore it. Don't go on those boards, guys. Don't no, do it. Of course. <laughs> so, I, I wanted to give everyone a concept because a lot of people don't know your story. And I think your story is very unique because um, your mom really raised you your entire life. So I I yeah, love did, yeah. I love the idea that she raised such a kind and amazing woman. So your mom must be really incredible if she put so much effort into raising you. So it just shows how awesome your mom is. So what? Oh, what she was... is. Shout out to my mom. Love you, Cheryl. <laughs> she is the best. So did she... your Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Let's get, get let's give her a praise because she deserves it. My mom was not. She's very, very different from me. She's introverted. She's very artsy. Not to say that I'm not. I like I, I like to think I'm creative, but <laughs> she she was a fine arts major in college. Very quiet. Um, very soft spoken, and. I, I guess I got a lot of my dad's side being really like outgoing and I can, I can kind of have a quick temper sometimes and it's just not like her at all. But growing up, she put me in gymnastics and that was my, that was my love. That was my obsession. It was my entire life. I was the competitive gymnast for like 16 years, tried to do it in college, um, ended up having to have ankle surgery. So that's why I ended up a cheerleader in college because I had to take some time off and I just, gymnastics wasn't going to work out for me at that point anymore. Um, but cheerleading I could do. So did that for a while. Well, I'm curious to know about your gymnastics. I always mess up this word. Uh, Gym career. Um, yeah. Level of skill. Are you just competitive in high school or were you doing like Olympic trials or I wasn't quite Olympic trials, but the way that gymnastics works, generally you start around level four and then you go, it goes up to level 10 and then elite and the elite gymnasts are the ones who start doing, you know, the national competitions, international competitions, et cetera. And when I quit, I was level nine. So that's not too bad, right? That's, that's really I good, was, right? I was pretty good. I yeah. was pretty good. Yeah. I don't want to toot my own horn because there are nine. a lot of other girls that are way, way, way better, but it, I, I mean, I was in the gym five days a week, four hours a day, competitions every weekend, traveled the country. You know, it was my thing. Um, and then when I stopped doing that, it kind of overlapped with my pageant career. I started to get more into pageantry and modeling around middle school. And I kind of started phasing out gymnastics at that point. And I still did it through my freshman year of college. But it was the beginning of high school where pageantry and modeling really picked up for me. And my mom was always so supportive. She never pressured me. I was not a toddler in a tiara. She she was not like in the audience, like telling me what to do. She was just there for me. And she would drive me to all of my events and appearances. And, you know, I think she actually really liked it. <laughs> now no, no. that's like one of the biggest things that we bond about. Like, oh, let's watch like Miss USA together. Let's watch Miss America together. Can you believe they're doing this? Like, <laughs> you know, all the gossip. <laughs> of course. Do you think that your mom wanted to be a pageant girl but she was an introvert 
and she liked she was more of being on the sidelines and she she uh, raised a daughter that was think, gorgeous enough or not or i, I could never i'm just i was just breaking it down because you said she, <laughs> no because you were just breaking it down that you said she loved to paint so I, sometimes that people that like to paint are more of an introvert and you know if you have you have a daughter like that you're you were the outlet so you you did professional sports so i just didn't know if that was what you were how you took it um in your life uh, no, I don't think that was ever really something that my mom was interested in. I don't think that it was even something that was in her mind at that point. I mean, when she was growing up in like the 60s, girls weren't really, I mean, she swam. That was her thing sports wise, but art, it was art. All she, she wanted to do art. She wanted to be an art teacher. Um, and that was her big interest. And she was like I said, she's introverted and pretty quiet. And I don't think I could ever see her being like, look at me. Like, I want to be the center of attention in any aspect of anything. So, so <laughs> I don't think pageants would have been on her radar at all. Basically, I guess the way I would take it is that then your mom was really someone who is really just a wholesome person and really held your hand, but she didn't push you at all, which sounds exactly. like the most the most ideal situation then. So yeah, you... it was great. It worked out really well. And you know, we butted heads because mom living with her child, once yeah. I hit like 13, 14, 15, you know how teenage girls are. So we had our moments, but, um, we're really close now and I'm really grateful that she put so much time and effort into making sure that I was able to do the things that I wanted to do because she ultimately is the reason that I was able to accomplish so much because if I didn't have her as a support system, then it, I mean, none of this would have worked out the way that it did. Oh, absolutely. I, I would, I would say that she has a, um, a destined, definitely an investment as well as a, um, I would say a nice percentage of that, um, titles that you've won definitely goes back to her hard work. So, um, uh-huh. absolutely yeah yep. yeah Agreed. and I, and that's any parent right um i i always disagree to anyone who says that um they didn't get there because everyone uh unless they never um were around their parents have major influence from their parents so um yeah. do you feel that doing the gym um and, and doing that specific type of um workout and and and, and doing because that's a rare, a lot of schools don't have that as a activity. Was that a really good um, thing to keep you motivated and best shape? And would you recommend that now if someone is still in high school and they have that as an elective, would you recommend them trying that and trying to, to be in their best shape? Because we all know how incredible your abs were at Miss America. <laughs> so, I mean, I most people always were just incredible. So do you, is that go back to your fitness career uh, and being in the gym? Because um, abs are really yeah. hard to achieve is what I'm trying to say and trying to, to come yeah, out. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, if you're interested in gymnastics, go do it. No matter how old you are, no matter what your skill level is, there is always something to be learned. There will always be classes available to you. It's so fun. It's so fun. It's like, I will argue with anybody that it is the best sport that anyone could do any age, you know, gender, whoever you are, like 
go try gymnastics. It's really fun. And you get a lot of uh, gross motor skills too, which we don't get from a lot of other sports like soccer. You get like the leg work and the footwork, but gymnastics is your entire body and learning where your body is in space and how to manipulate it. And it's just, it's amazing. I'm really happy that my mom put me in gymnastics and she did it because I was bouncing off the walls as a kid, but <laughs> it's still I mean- working out well for me because I loved it. I just loved everything about it. I love the variety of events. I love watching gymnastics at the Olympics. I mean, the skill level that goes into some of the things that these girls are now doing, which I mean, some of the skills that they do now didn't even exist when I was doing gymnastics. Like it's crazy what people can do with their bodies with the time. I mean, they put a lot of time and effort into it. It's, it's, their entire lives. But yeah, it definitely helped prepare me for pageantry. Uh, it, I have great work ethic as a result of it. And I'm, I feel like I'm just a very competitive person naturally. So it worked out well for me on that front because I was able to really push myself to achieve those goals. Um, sorry about that. My oh. cat was scratching the chair. <laughs> Hey, you know, sometimes you just got to stop them and just whack them, you know, you know, I, I sometimes, they're, at him. <laughs> sometimes they're good for cuddling and sometimes you have to scoot them, you know, I'm obsessed with my cats though. That's another story, but yeah, gymnastics is the best thing that ever happened to me. And you know, I was, it was upsetting to not be able to continue when I was in college, but I actually didn't do it, um, through school. I, I was with a private gym. Oh, okay. Actually, cool. it was it was multiple gyms that I ended up going to eventually because like we moved and you know all the things life mm-hmm. happens. Yeah, of course. But it was it was amazing, and the people at the gym become your family. So you have like this separate the family, of, like, really really net, good yeah. friends. Yeah, your support system, and they support you through everything. If you have a bad day, you go to the gym. You kind of get that release. It's nice. I really miss it. I think about it a lot, actually. I can't do anything right now, being very pregnant. I think but... you're pregnant. We don't want anything <laughs> to happen to the baby. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, you would probably be the world record holder if you did that, because there's I don't think there's a record for pregnant at nine months. OK, so let's not, <laughs> not sure my doctor would approve. No, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> I, I guess to me is it I, I was trying to get your and that's why I wanted to really delve into that was. On the baseball side, um, I, I love baseball. I have some friends that are currently in the minor leagues or playing baseball. And one of the things that they always recommend when you're in that young period between middle school, high school, and then going into college is perhaps play a lot of soccer because running has a lot to do. You stop and start, stop and start, and soccer is all about stopping and starting, running and running. So they say footwork is really important. So... That's why I was trying to get your opinion on that uh, on that portion. Uh, it sounds like if you really want to be in the best pageant shape, then doing that particular outlet of exercising um, would be in your best interest to really like works on your like you explained like works on your total core. It gets your body in shape. You build that teamwork. It's it sounds like it's the perfect outlet to train your body to do pageants if you want to go down that goal. It could be. And, you know, everybody's different. Not everybody likes to do things like that. Some people, you know, are marathon runners and that's what they're into. And they just, that's what they enjoy doing. And that's what works out well for them. And that's what they can motivate themselves to do. So whatever is going to keep you working out, that's what you should do. Getting ready for pageantry is, it's very physical. A lot 
I would say it's probably 80% mental, 20% physical, but that 20% physical is intense. Like you really need to be at the gym. You need to watch your diet. And it's interesting to see now that pageants, specifically Miss America, are, are kind of segueing away from the outward physical beauty aspect of it. Um, they don't do the swimsuit portion anymore. So I am interested to see where that goes down the road. But you still it's still important to look good and feel good and be healthy. So whatever can keep you active, whatever you enjoy, that's going to be the best thing for any individual person. I absolutely agree with you. My only comeback is if it worked for you and you have two state titles with the two most most important uh, titles in the entire state of Maryland, then I, if I was a pageant girl, I would say, I want to achieve that. So if, if that's what sent you on that goal, then I would probably want to mimic that because if my, my favorite athlete was a soccer star and then he started playing baseball and that's how he got his footwork down, doesn't sound like it's bad. It's, you know, if it worked for them, why wouldn't it work for you? So I, I really, you know, the most, yeah, well, like I said, if you're interested in it and it's something that you think you'd like to try, do it. If you have yeah, any exactly. questions about gymnastics, hit me up. Like I yeah. will talk about it all day, every day with you guys, whatever my workout plan was, like, I'll send it to you. Send you my diet plans, like whatever you want. <laughs> um, and then going into cheerleading, was that really easy transition because it's all footwork and you had built that body core at that point or was learning how to um, the, the dance and the choreating was a totally <laughs> different category? So dancing I had down. Dancing was not an issue. The biggest learning curve for me transitioning to cheerleading was doing the stunts because I was a flyer. I, I was a base and I was also a flyer. So in gymnastics, it's just me. It is all me all the time, 100%. I'm the one who's doing the skills, nobody else. I don't have somebody supporting me. I don't have, you know, physically supporting me. I don't have somebody holding me up. It's not like teamwork in the sense of five people doing a routine at the same time. Whereas cheerleading, I, for some of the stunts that we were doing, had to be totally dependent on the people holding me up. So that... That was a little bit tough for me to learn because when you have like a big dude throwing you up in the air and catching you, I can only be in control so much. Like I have to trust that he's going to catch me and he's going to hold me up and we're going to have to work together to make this stunt work. <laughs> so that was the biggest difference. And cheerleading is kind of crazy. And if you guys are cheerleaders, but you've done other sports before, you know this, like gymnastics, it's a very gradual progression up to certain skills, but cheerleading, they're like, just do it, <laughs> just throw it. Like you can do it, just try it. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I have not worked my way up to this. <laughs> so that was another thing that I was like, are you sure, are you sure I'm ready that I should just do this right now? <laughs> they're like, yeah, no, it's totally fine. Try it. Do you, do you like the <laughs> contrast where one was all basically individual sports and then the other one is basically a team sport. And if one person fails, we all fail. Was that something to learn or did you enjoy that? I did. You know, they're so different. They're just such different sports. And the venue is far like for gymnastics, it was all about the competitions. That's what we trained for. But for cheerleading, the vast majority, I mean, 95% of what we were doing was getting ready for games. 
So a lot of it was just about making sure we had the stunts and, you know, doing all those things, but it was about entertainment and we wanted to entertain the crowds. I mean, I went to University of Maryland College Park, which is a gargantuan school, D1 school, huge sports events, like 40,000 people rolling out for football games. So that's what we were prepping for. It was being in front of those huge audiences and that it really gave me a rush. It was amazing. It was like the best thing ever. I love being on the field. I got to watch all the games. Our teams did pretty well when I was there. <laughs> so it was, it's just very different. It's kind of hard to compare them in that way. I just wanted to take one second from this great interview and talk about our sponsor of the week, Mid-Atlantic Video and Photography Productions. No matter if you're planning a wedding, a special event, or you just need an amazing headshot, they are the team to get the job done. You can reach out to them at 443-422-3830. Again, that's 443-422-3830. Or you can go just go right to their website at mavpp.com. Now let's get right back to the show and listen to this great interview. Okay, so you've gone through this injury, you transitioned into cheerleading, and then you also transitioned into doing modeling. So where does the pageant light go off? Does someone mention it? Do you, you said you had watched it with your mom. Was that in the same time frame or is that after you had already competed? Okay, so this is going to get a little bit confusing for a second. Sure, let's break it down. I'm going to break down the timeline of how all of this happened. So I was very into gymnastics from the time I was like three or four years old until my freshman year of college. I started getting into modeling around middle school. I actually went to Barbizon. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. It's a modeling school. Um, so I did that. I don't even remember how I heard about it. Maybe I got something in the mail. I think a lot of people say I that I must've you're, you're been on like a mailing list. You probably were. Yeah. So I got something in the mail. I did this modeling class for probably like six months. I really liked it. I did a couple of competitions after that. Uh, I saw that agents liked me and that I could actually do this, but I didn't really get into it a ton at that point because I was still in school. That was my main focus. And gymnastics was still something that I was kind of interested in, but it was as a result of Barbizon that I um, ended up learning about pageant world because that was not that was not something that I really knew about thought about it wasn't like a thing in my life I didn't I didn't watch like Miss America or Miss USA really up to that point because I was busy at the gym all the time so I learned about that I did my first pageant when I was I want to say 14 and that was Miss Maryland Teen USA so I was like a freshman or sophomore in high school at that point I didn't place but I got the bug and you pageant girls. Now you get the pageant bug. You keep coming back. You're like, all right, well, this is it. This is my thing now. So <laughs> whatever I have to do, I'm going to do it. Was so it just actually, that high of being on stage, especially at the Maryland theater? It was everything. And so Miss Maryland, um, USA and Teen USA always takes place in Bethesda. They work at the uh, Bethesda Marriott. It's been there every year. So I did that. And I didn't I didn't know the Miss America 
organization existed at that point until I was in college. And it was my freshman year of college, right when I had learned I had ankle surgery, I wasn't really doing anything else. Um, and I was like, oh, you know what, I'm, I'm interested to, you know, get back into pageantry. Let's do some research. I went online, learned about it. And I was like, oh, hello, there's an organization that will literally give me scholarship money for doing well. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, this is the one for me. I'm going to try it. And I went my freshman year, I was in Ithaca in upstate New York. So halfway through the year, I decided I wanted to come home. I transferred home. Um, starting my sophomore year at University of Maryland. And that's when I began with the Miss America organization. So that fall, I did my first Miss Maryland local. It was awful. <laughs> I totally bombed. My onstage question was horrendous. I walked off stage and cried. It was really bad. I was so nervous, so nervous to interview, so nervous to do the onstage question. I didn't know what to expect because I hadn't done that before. But do you remember Being, the question? Oh, it was something platform related. Okay. And I don't I don't even remember exactly what my platform was at the time because I I've changed it a couple times over the years. It may have been something probably fitness related that would make sense like health and fitness related, but I don't remember. I do remember the feeling though of of the host standing there with the microphone to me and I was good. I was good for like 10 or 15 seconds. I was on a roll. I was answering the question and then blank. My brain just stopped. I had no idea what to say. I looked at her and I wanted to be like, please move the microphone from my face. I'm finished. She just kept holding it there. I was like, oh, wow, this is so embarrassing. But it just gave me that much more drive to want to be better because I knew I could do better. I knew I could do better than that. So I did that. I took a little bit of a break after that to recover because <laughs> it was like low-key traumatizing. Um, but so, I practiced and I got back into it. And the next year I did a few locals and I finally won one. And that was the first year I went to Miss Maryland. That's awesome. So that the you did, you, but you did it once as a teen and then you never did it again. And then fast forward, you, you didn't do it until you went back to college. Is that... I want to make sure that I had that right because I thought I heard. Yeah, you. yeah, I did Miss Maryland Teen USA. Oh, let me let me try. You know, I feel so old. I'm having like the biggest brain fart. Um, you're also pregnant. Maybe I did it twice. Maybe I did it twice. Yeah, it's my pregnancy brain. I was just so. I, did you, did I did, you like? I did do it twice because I placed top fifteen at Miss Maryland Teen USA the second time pretty sure well, i really should know these things shouldn't i none <laughs> i mean you only you only competed in it, you know i mean like you know if if i was in those bright lights i think i would remember something I mean, oh no that's correct because i remember the dress that i was wearing it was a crazy dress it was like teal with like cheetah print and all this other like okay crazy patterns that's on it. not yeah <laughs> that must have been your teen teen brain because that doesn't sound like um um an adult christina at all <laughs> no, my style has definitely evolved since then. Well, the first year I competed, I was in like a satin brown mm, evening gown. No. With... <laughs> oh, sorry. I know that there are pictures somewhere online. If you guys look them up, you'll see. Are you are you trying back... to ask for blackmail? Are you are you trying? <laughs> <laughs> way back in the Maryland Teen USA vaults, you'll see. 
<laughs> you know, Indian gowns are expensive. I, I know, I but have, you were talking about enemies. Your enemies point. are going to pull those up, you know. <laughs> I didn't know. I just didn't know better. I thought it was pretty at the time. We just went to like a regular like department store or whatever, got a dress that I liked, and that's what I wore. <laughs> hey. You live and you learn. Well, I, I will also say, at the time, I'm sure you felt very confident and beautiful. So the most important thing I'm sure you would say, um, and you can you can tell me what you think about this, but that you feel confident at the time. And and history is what it is. I mean, um, colors and opinions and, and shapes and sizes change over time. So I assume at that point you felt you felt beautiful. Am I wrong? Yes, and that okay. is you're so right. It is the most important thing because every judging something like an evening gown is so subjective and they tell you I've done a lot of pageant judging since then. You're not judging the gown. You're judging the girl in the gown. You're judging her confidence, her charisma, her poise, how she presents herself. Because dresses can always change. When you crown a girl, they're never going to be seen in that gown again. You're going to have a totally different wardrobe the next time they step out. So that's not what you're judging. So don't focus too much on the actual dress. I will say, having worn a brown satin gown and a pageant. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't recommend brown as being the color. It. Brown is not usually, if you go to pageant planet, brown, I think, is on the bottom of the list of colors. But that's okay. I mean, you know, that's fine. But that cheetah print dress that I had with all the different patterns, I loved that dress. I wore it to my prom. I, it, it, it made me so happy. So I don't regret that choice. Nope, not at all. <laughs> um, do you think that um, competing as a teen or a Miz is different? Or do you think they're exactly the same? It's just you need to learn a little bit more it's all about preparing i think for any pageant preparation is going to be key yeah being a teen is different than being a miss i mean it's just a, a big difference in where people are in their lives and the type of person that they want to present themselves as so when you're a teen typically you're going to be i mean this is a way over generalization but teens are wholesome and they're sweet and they're caring and not to say that miss aren't but miss tend to be more sexy you know and they're working towards careers whereas the teens are very focused on school so it's just little differences like that like you wear a two-piece when you're a miss but you wear a one-piece swimsuit when you're a teen it's just it's just small differences but the way that you're preparing generally is going to be the same you're practicing your interview you're making sure that you present yourself as confident and poised that you know your platform depending on what system you're competing in preparing for whatever system you're going into that's a really really important thing that I don't think people realize and I think that that's part of the reason that I was able to be to do well in multiple different systems is because I really took the time to like research and learn what the differences were, what the mission of each system is, what their goals were, who they had crowned previously, what type of girls do they go for? And that's not to say that you should change yourself, but it's really important to be aware of what each system stands for. For example, if you're going to go compete for Miss Earth, but you have no, like, no, like, environmental, you know, humanitarian experience, you're not really setting yourself up for success in that system because it's all about the environment, saving the earth, and 
you know, even if you go out and like plant some trees or pick up some trash, that's going to help you because it shows that you've learned about the system and what their goals and mission are versus just going in and being like, well, I'm pretty, you know, because it takes, <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of pretty girls out there, but like, what are you doing to make yourself stand out? And do you represent what the system stands for? I, I want to ask you a really hard question when it comes to being a judge. Okay. Uh -huh. And I think this is a good question. So we talked about teen and miss. Is it also if the girl is, some people are very born with very good looks. It's just, I mean, it is a fact. If the person is already born with the fact that, you know, she might be 15 or 16, but she looks like she's 21. There's nothing she can change for that. Is it going to be really hard for her to win a teen um, competition because there is that expectation she's supposed to look like you were saying. She's supposed to look younger. Um, is is that a fact? That's that's tough because, I mean, you don't want to judge people on things that they have no control over, but at the end of the day, appearance is part of it. If she really looks that old, I mean, there are things that you can do to make yourself appear younger, but if it's just like her bone structure, I as a judge wouldn't penalize her for that. Okay. But I think her wardrobe needs to express the fact that she's 15. Like she shouldn't, you know, waltz in dressing like she's 30. Right. Because she still is going to be representing a teen title. And we, you know, you see title holders where the teen looks older than the myth. <laughs> it just is what it is. I wouldn't penalize somebody for that. No. I mean, I guess what, what can you do about it? I know. No, I, I, I don't, to me personally, I don't think it's a negative, but I just didn't know how, how, how's that perceived and how they should prepare to go in. Like, should it be better that they um, just focus on the, um, not focus on the teen if they're, they already look like an adult and they look gorgeous and it's not like they look old. They look like they're a 20 year old. Should they, should they just skip over teen and, you know, because you know, you can skip over that. You could like yourself, you only did two and you didn't play. So, um, you could just skip and just go and wait a couple of years and do the Miz too. I, you know, so I don't have that problem because I feel like I have a baby face, but mm -hmm. I would never recommend sitting something out because of the way that you think other people are going to perceive you. If that's okay. something Fair that enough. you're interested in, go for it. If they, if the judges disagree, you know, they disagree. Different judges, different day, different results. That's how every pageant works. If, say, somebody, you know, say there was a judge who got in a car accident with like a blonde woman the day before. And then she comes and judges a pageant and is mad at blonde people. I mean, you can't control things like that. <laughs> like you just have to go in and be confident and do your best, present your best self. And that's all you can do. But I definitely wouldn't recommend that people, I mean, if, if a teen looks older, whatever, she okay. should still do something that she loves. No, I think that's just, it was a good, I thought it was a really good question. And no, it's, it's interesting to think about because people do have opinions like that. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, being a judge is very um, subjective because you it's not like it's a sport where you have to hit and it's based on your skill level. You're you're really are judging that person on very superficial things. I mean, that everyone can answer a question, but it's your opinion on how they answer the question. So, um, right. And we're told as judges you're not answering on the actual opinion that somebody is giving you your answer. So say I ask somebody something that's political. 
I'm, I'm not judging on whether or not I agree with their political beliefs. I'm judging them on whether or not they can answer the question directly and support their answer. So opinions aren't like, that shouldn't matter in judging. And people have them and it can be kind of hard to like separate your personal opinions from the job that you're doing. But a good judge is not gonna let stuff like that get in the way. They're gonna say, okay, I might disagree with you, but that was a fantastic answer. <laughs> like you go girl, 10, A plus, gold star. <laughs> oh, and I that's a great judge. I mean, someone that can be down the, down the middle has, Puts, puts their personal opinion no factor but understands that you responded and and talked elegantly to the audience and didn't stumble or, or fidget or anything that's the most important thing mm-hmm. yes absolutely and don't wear jangly earrings they're very <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to take one extra second and talk about our sponsor of the week, Mid-Atlantic Video and Photography Production. No matter if you're planning a wedding and you need a wedding videographer, you're doing a music video, or you're doing commercial, they are the team to get the job done. You can reach out to them at 443-422-3830. Again, that's 443-422-3830. Or you can go right to their website at mav pp.com. Now let's get right back to this great interview. Got into modeling after cheer with cheerleading and mm -hmm. you went to the modeling career. They, they introduced you to it. You did two years at, um, miss, miss America, miss, <laughs> miss Maryland USA teen, um, made top 15 one year. Then you didn't do any pageantry until you came back um, to final uh, finish out your uh, college career um, at University of Maryland. So that's right. Um, you left off telling us that you didn't do well your first um, local, so you didn't do another local that year, and then you waited another year. Was that traumatizing? And I guess that was how you were explaining <laughs> it. No, I no. I, I say that half jokingly. I was very upset afterwards. Right, but so. it was short lived. And you know, I I knew, like I said, I knew I could do better. I wanted to continue. I wanted to try it again. Because you see, like you see another girl getting crowned and you're like, oh, like I know that I could do that. I know I could be her. So I, it just gave me that much more drive to come back and do it again. And that's why when I, I waited the rest of the year and then the next year, I think it took me four or five locals before I won. Like I did local after local after local. And I know some girls, you know, you do them all season until you get to sweeps. And then finally you're like, yes, I did it. Like, this is it. And it can be disheartening to keep competing and competing. And you see all of these other girls winning but stick with it because like I said, different judges, different day, different results. So I kept with it. You learn something from every competition. You learn what works, what sounds good, what looks good. You know, I, like I, I mentioned, I changed my platform a couple of times. That's totally fine. You find something that fits for you. And so I eventually won that local. I went to Miss Maryland. 
I placed top 10 the first year. That was a really good feeling. And that just, you know, motivated me even more to come back and do it again. I did the next year. I went to Miss Maryland four times before I won. So the first time I got top 10, the second time I didn't place at all. I didn't place at all at Miss Maryland the second year. And I was devastated. (laughs) Then the third year I came back and I got first runner up. And the fourth year I won. So it was not like a slow rise to the top. It was not, you know, it was kind of rough at some moments. And there are definitely times where you're like, should I keep doing this? Like, this is a lot of time that I'm investing. It, it is a lot of money. It's a lot of effort. And for those of you specific to Maryland, I live in Baltimore. So I'm like central Maryland, but a lot of the Miss Maryland organization is based in Western Maryland. So I was spending a ton of time on the road because almost all of my appearances for the titles that I, the local titles that I held, they were all in Western Maryland, which is like a three hour drive. So it was like every other weekend I was driving out to Western Maryland and it can be tiring. And I kept with it because I love pageantry and more importantly than that, I love appearances and I love people and I love interacting with people and building those relationships. So it was just something that I ended up being very passionate about. But I know that it can be really disheartening sometimes when girls keep coming back and they don't understand, like, why why am I not winning? So you really just have to self-reflect. And if you can, get copies of your performances, get copies of your interviews, go back, watch them, see what you observe, do practice interviews, do mock it. I mean, do you know how many mock interviews I've done in my life? I, I can't even, like, it's like hundreds. <laughs> But practice, the more you practice, specifically practicing well, just practicing itself might not necessarily be super helpful. I, I like to say perfect practice makes perfect rather than practice makes perfect. So just keep going, keep trying. It will work out for you in the end. And if for some reason you don't end up winning, look at all the skills that you end up getting anyway. I mean, I've never had a job interview where I haven't gotten the job. And I fully attribute that to pageantry. Well, is that also going to the fact that you dress for the job that you want and not the job you have to? You go in there fully prepared to? Oh, yeah. When you're prepping for a pageant, you need to be preparing as if you've already won that pageant and you're like getting ready for the next phase. So, for example, when I was getting ready for Miss Maryland, specifically the last couple of years when I placed well, I was preparing as if I was already going to Miss America. I was getting ready to, you know, have plans for uh, my platform to be used nationally so that I could talk about that in my interview so that the judges could see, oh, wow, like she's not just preparing for this, you know, week-long competition in Hagerstown. She's really thinking about how to put this title to use, you know, on a national scale. This isn't somebody who's just here for a, a pretty crown. This is someone who actually wants to do the job. I I absolutely agree with that philosophy. I think that's the way it should be. And um, I've heard a lot of judges say that they they expect that you're already doing what you say you want to do. You, you're not going to start doing it. So um, Adriana had told me several times that she had gotten comments that 
glowing comments that she had already achieved so much with her non-for-profit and that was one of the reasons why she thought she believed that she did so well in her interview was that they saw that she was making that progress is that the another way to look at it too is that you got to do what you're saying you're doing already and not wait till after the pageant absolutely and that comes back to the fact that so many people make things up on their resume because they think that they'll look really good to the judges. But if I'm a judge and I'm looking at a resume and I'm like, wow, that's quite an accomplishment. I'm going to ask you about that. And if you don't, (laughs) if you're not able to tell me about what you've done and I can tell that this is not true. I mean, you're going to get a lot of marks off a lot more than if you had just left it off of your resume and been honest. I mean, like, that's some shady stuff. You have to be honest that, in your interview. So, I mean, I don't want you to call out, and we're, this is not that kind of show, but you've seen that go down, and, like, people, like, the, I, talk about some oh, balls yeah, to, like, to like lie on. <laughs> I mean, I that's something, that's, like, that's, like, the $5. You don't do the $5, $5 discount. You don't lie on your resume. I mean, like. Right. I agree. You just, just don't do it. It's not worth being called out. Yeah. It's just not because then the judges it's they worse. don't feel good about doing that. Right. It's the wor- girl. It's worse. Doesn't feel called, good. Right. It's worse getting yeah. called out than than to get the. Then to just then just be honest and right. say you know I have these plans, this is what I'm intending to do. Here's what I've put in place to make it happen, but I haven't gotten to it yet. You know that's totally fine to say because it's important to have those plans. But if you're literally just like oh yeah I did this. And then the judge is like, well, tell me about it. And you're like, well, <laughs> it just makes it awkward for everyone. Just don't lie on your resume, guys. And don't have other people write your resume. Write your resume yourself. <laughs> have other people edit it and look over it and give you suggestions. But, and this, it can be tough because a lot of the younger girls, especially, will have their mom or dad help them with their resume. But parents, if you're a parent and you're listening to this and your child is doing a pageant, go over their resume with them. A lot of the interviews for the younger girls are more like, what do you like to do type questions? Who's your best friend? Um, You know, things like that. Tell me about something that you'd like to do in your free time. But if you're putting stuff on the resume that they're just not interested in, then it, it's just not a good situation. So, well, yeah, I mean, like, (laughs) If you don't like G.I. Joe and you put G.I. Joe on your resume and say, oh, yeah, I collect you, you know, you're going to look like a fool if you can't talk about your G.I. Joe collection. So, Right. Or if a mom is like, oh, this is going to make my daughter look really good if I put this on her resume. And then the the daughter gets asked about it and she's like, I don't like that. (laughs) Yeah. And that's not on that's not really on the girl. I mean, but I mean, she's the one going to take she's going to take the burn for it. So exactly. (laughs) Um. So I wanted to ask you, because you said you didn't do well your second year. Is that second year as the biggest impact on you? Because the first year you said you made top 10. So Mm -hmm. did that second year at Maryland really motivate you and really galvanize? And because the following two years, you said you made first runner-up and then you won. If you didn't, if you didn't do well that second year, do you think you would have still progressed as as much, or do you think it would taking longer? Because I I I see that as a defining moment that 
you sound very disgruntled on and I would be too if I was trying to win this especially if you made top 10 the previous year yeah you know and it's it's one of those things where you learn that you can't have expectations like just because you did well a previous year doesn't mean that you're going to do better the next year and so that was one of the big lessons I learned but you're absolutely right. It did motivate me even more after I got past the fact that I was like very unhappy for a little bit. <laughs> I was just like, okay, well, what did I do wrong? What can I do differently? What do I need to focus on? How can I better prepare? And I know what happened that year to make that not a year for me. It happened in interview. It was like a series of very specific questions that they asked me that, and I can, I'll talk about it. So they asked me, do I think that somebody who is a lesbian can be Miss America? And I essentially was like, yes, Okay. <laughs> why not? Like, why wouldn't somebody be able, why does that matter? I don't remember my exact answer. Sure. It probably wasn't that good, but they kept asking me about it. And weird. I feel like I got into this like weird spiral. I was like three or four questions about it. And I was like, we really don't have enough time to be talking about this that much. I don't care. Nobody's sexual orientation matters right. <laughs> for being I mean, a title holder. Like it just doesn't. If Stop you know, me about if, this. if you know, if you know, Christina at all, Christina is the most caring person. So that plays no factor in her in her being in any way. So, I mean, and I was so confused as to why they kept talking about it but i don't know if it do you think one of the judges were gay and they won i have no idea i have no idea but i got asked about it a few times they kept talking about it and i think it just really affected the rest of my interview i was pretty flustered that it kept happening and so the rest of my interview wasn't great and so it was that interview that kept me out of the top 10 that year so going into the next year prepping i knew that i had to be ready for any question and I had to be ready to answer it in a way that was politically correct, that got a good answer across and that was succinct so that we could end it and move on to the next topic. And one of the most important things you'll learn when you're interviewing in like when you're practicing for interview is that you as the contestant have the power to control the direction of the interview. So say we're talking right now and I don't want to talk about this anymore. It is totally within my power to segue into something else. And then we're going to start talking about that instead. A good politician. So, exactly. So that's a really important thing to learn in pageantry. If they keep dwelling on something that you're just not interested in talking about, you can transition. Say um, you want to talk about your platform instead. You haven't touched on that yet transition into your platform. Oh, that actually reminds me I've done some really great work with XYZ, blah, 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 this organization, start talking about that. So that's a skill that I think is very important for pageant girls to learn. You control the interview. Like, yes, the judges are asking the questions, but you're going to control what they ask next based on your answer. Christina, you're absolutely right. You know, you know who does this the best. Okay. And this is not a political show in any way. Our, our president because if he doesn't want to talk <laughs> yes. about if he doesn't want to talk about something he literally would be like yes i got all my I, I i you know did you not see how many people came out for my for my nomination it was so amazing oh my god so, okay <laughs> you know so yeah it's just that like I mean, flipping true, the script though. flipping the script and 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 just believing in yourself um and and talking with um with authorities 
usually gets people to like get off that topic. Is that the best way to say it? Yes. Yeah, I think it is. If you don't want to talk about something, they can't force you to talk about it. Right. They can keep bringing it up. And if it does get to that point, it is totally within your power to say, I would love to talk about something else. Mm -hmm. I don't think this is relevant to the job. I wouldn't be so blatant as that, you know, keep it (laughs) wholesome and politically correct. And, you know, you still, (laughs) I love you so much in all of your answers. Exactly. (laughs) But you definitely have the power to kind of nudge them in a different direction. And so going into the third year at Miss Maryland, I knew that. And my interview that year was not perfect. I actually got a question that I always bring up as like the most difficult question I've ever gotten asked in interview. And I straight up told them. So they asked me, this was the third year that I, that I uh, placed in the top five. They said, what is the most important, in your opinion, what is the most important event in history, in history? And how has it affected you? Okay. What? Wow. Mind blown. Like I was literally standing there for probably 10 seconds going back through like as much history as I could possibly. <laughs> and so I went up when I went over it afterwards with some of the other girls, we were like, Oh, well, we could have said this. You could have said this. But in the moment I was like, wow, that is a loaded question. <laughs> like yeah. history. Like that's a lot of time we're talking about mm. now. <laughs> Yeah, are we talking and about I, are we talking about the Big Bang? Are we talking about the Nazis? Right, like, are we talking about you know Elastophosis? <laughs> are we talking about the Roman Empire? Like I know, I know. There are so many different. And to be fair, it was a very interesting question. And thinking about it now, I really like that they asked me that. But in the moment, I was standing there thinking for so long that I was like, I have to just tell them. I was like, you know, that's a that's a really tough question. Um, I've been thinking, you know, for the past few seconds about it, I'm going through all of history and I, I just can't give an answer right now. I'm not sure. (laughs) You know, that was probably a good way to answer that because being genuine and being honest is better than like trying to fool them and trying to lie, lie your way through something. So going back to what you were saying about, you know, putting, being honest and not lying on your resume and trying to lie through it. So it was probably good that you just kept, uh, um, you know, said, yes, I, I just, I'm not an expert in that. I'm sorry. Yeah. And judges are people. They know if they were put on the spot and somebody asked them the most important event in history as like, what, how old was I then? Like 20 as a 20 year old, (laughs) they would be like, I don't know. What are you talking about? Like, I'm not going to solve world peace now. Like some of the questions that these girls get asked, it's just crazy. And one of the great things I love about pageantry is how girls, young women can give such articulate answers to such complex questions that even the most powerful people in the world can't figure out. Like it is so impressive. Oh yeah. I, I honestly, I think um, sometimes judges try to do it on purpose to make you guys look bad. And uh, especially when they're on television, I'm like, why are you trying to do that? Because are you trying to be a star? Or are you trying to make her look bad? Because, you know, and you never, yeah, I don't like those gotcha questions. And to be fair, some, some of the contestants are very, very good at answering them in a way that 
doesn't actually really answer it, but it <laughs> sounds really good. <laughs> well, it goes back to like we were see. It's all life is about learning things and then and learning how to work around. So you don't have to answer it. You just have to put in a good, you have to put something uh, formative into uh cohesive senses and co- cohesive senses. As long as it sounds good, that's all it that matters. Right. Ideally you will be able to answer the question at least a little bit, but sometimes, I mean, when they're asking to solve like international relations issues, Sometimes Uh, I just wish the girls would be like, listen, like the entire government of this country cannot even solve this, solve this problem. And you want me to solve it in 10 seconds. Well, as, as a judge, would you accept that as a positive way to answer or do you give her nagger a mark? No, no, no. I'm just, I'm joking. Okay. Okay. You should, you should attempt to answer the question in a way that, There are ways to get around hard questions like that that are more general. And one of the things that I always like to fall back on is education because there, I mean, any question that you get asked, there's going to be a way to say that learning more about it is important, that people should be more educated on the topic, you know, things like that, that do answer the question, but they don't get into like the nitty gritty. They don't get into politics. They don't get into like those things that could be very controversial course there are techniques that you can learn to answer those really complex questions and it just takes practice it's just a matter of being asked those difficult things over and over and being able to form answers that are quick that make sense and that move you on to the next topic well now that you were talking about moving on to the next topic i want to get your opinion because you're in that group of girls that basically were the last couple classes of the real Miss America. So yeah, how do I you, miss it. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. And um, I don't think it's gone. So um, we'll, we'll see with the new board and hopefully maybe there'll be new change because I think there's a lot of, um, I think there's a lot of title holders like yourself and, and, and past um, national title holders that hopefully we'll get two cents in. So I'm, I'm not, throwing in the towel yet so i should i hope you don't either do you did you feel at that point did you understand the significance of doing that parade and you had mentioned early which the parade i'm referring to is to show you show me your shoe is that the right way or did i name did i say the because i always get the name yeah, of, show of us your shoes. Shoe, shoe parade <laughs> and then actually doing the pageant in boardwalk hall because that's where wrestlemania was um, four and five that's where it's been i mean that that building is extremely famous when it comes to historical did you understand that like when you were there do you look back on it um yeah very fondly I mean, that you actually had the opportunity i do i literally every the, like the stars aligned for that to be my year at miss america because boardwalk hall is so iconic Miss America being held in Atlantic City is, I mean, it's where, it's its like the Miss America location. It's where it should be. It's the I, home I, of I, Miss America. <laughs> I, it was incredible. Uh, I mean, the experience that I had there was the best experience that I've ever had at any pageant before or after. It was my number. It was like the epitome. It was the cherry on top. Like all of my pageantry 
it was like, it was, it was amazing. There aren't even words to describe. I had such a good time. I made so many friends that I still talk to like way more, even than the pageants that I did afterwards. Like I am close with some of the girls from Miss USA, but it's the Miss America girls that I still talk to a lot. It's that experience that I think about the most positively when I think about my pageant career. Adriana makes that specific comment too, that, um, her Miss America class is 100% tight. They go on a, go on trips together. They hang out together, but her USA crowd is like very hodgepodge when it comes to like groups of like different demographics of girls and they, they're not all in line. So it sounds like it's exactly the same. Is that just how the organization is that the girls that are Miss America girls are, are about being a team and working together and the USA girls are all individuals and they're not necessarily going to be long-term friends? You know, that's an interesting question. And I had not really spoken to Adriana about her experience, but it's really funny that you say that she had a similar experience in mm-hmm. that way. I don't know if it's like the type of girls that gravitate towards each of those organizations. I mean, we know that the girls going from Miss America tend to be the more academic minded. They want to go and, you know, get their masters and PhDs. They want to be doctors, teachers, lawyers. And of course we have like the performers and the entertainers as well. But the point of Miss America is to win scholarship money to advance your education and career. Whereas a lot of the girls in Miss USA um, I mean, we, <laughs> I, I don't say this in a way to like put anybody down because I did both, but a lot of the girls, they're uh, very focused on modeling and acting. We see a lot of them going to try to like be on shows like The Bachelor. And I had a <laughs> friend who actually competed with me at Miss America and Miss USA who was on Survivor. And, you know, it's just, That's cool. it's just a different crowd. Yeah, it was really cool. Very, very cool that I mean, she did that. And she actually did really well. It was Desi Williams. Oh, you did that? okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to do any, if you're going to do any show, I mean, that's, that's a more, um, reputable show than doing the bachelor. So I just giggle. I know. And Although I will say I love the bachelor. I am part of bachelor nation. Ethan and I watch every season. <laughs> well, you have your bachelor so you can laugh at all the girls making a fool of themselves on national television. So I just think it's interesting having done TV, how the producers, for those of you who don't know, very little on The Bachelor is real and unscripted, and it's, it's just how it is. They set it up for it to be a certain way, for the story to play out in whatever way they think will be best. And yes, there's some autonomy. Like, the people get to choose who they like, ultimately, for the most part. But I just think it's really interesting to see how the producers set up the different shots and the type of dates that they send certain people on and... It's just fascinating, really. It's like <laughs> it's like the best people watching experience that you can have. <laughs> I don't necessarily like The Bachelor, but I do like that the the show they do after The Bachelor where they go to the beach and they just Oh, Paradise. Yeah, I think that's a better show. <laughs> that's an interesting show because they just throw everybody into one island and they're like, yeah. "All right, go." Right. I mean, that's more I, I will admit what I do like to watch, um, especially during quarantine, is the dating shows. Like, 
Love is Blind, I thought was really awesome. And then the other oh, one. Don't even get me started. We watched all of that. Um, I just want to say that I really hope that Jessica is getting some help for. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Jessica. <laughs> well, we'll get off this topic because we, we, we definitely want to get to USA. But I love okay. how in Love and Blind, you start with a, a, a cast of both black women and white women and then the entire black cast just disappears and they don't even mention it and i'm like okay so i guess um yeah there were so many people that i was like <laughs> where what i thought so, what happened to them were they on the show like <laughs> it was like they got it was like they just got you know they put them on an island and sent them off i'm like okay i guess they were and there was one guy who was um staying with the guys who literally was the ethan was like is he like the show therapist i'm like no he's a contestant but they only show him like giving advice to the other guys they never show him actually dating people <laughs> i don't understand i think it's a good premise but the way they eliminated people was just the like they it's it's not that hard to just be like they didn't find love you know but they just acted as if oh no one's gonna notice that half of the right. cast and They're it's all gone. and it's all the black people i'm like i mean are you trying to say that that if you're dark skin you can't find love like was really like and like they just happened to pick make sure that there was one white white couple and black couple you know mixed race couple i'm like i'm like that was way too obvious. You know? My biggest qualm with that show, and then we can move on. No, go ahead. Is, is that all of the people that they chose were fairly attractive. I know. Like, I, I want it to be re like real, real people. Like, they were all in shape. They all, for yeah. the most part, had like pretty good careers. Like, where are the people? <laughs> like myself, I'm. I, let's 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 be honest. I'm a chubby guy, but you know, I I got a great personality. You know, and like I'd love to see like a normal person on there. You know, I agree. Like, where it's love is blind, but then you're all ending up with like very attractive, in shape, successful people. Like, okay, come yeah, on, exactly. producers. <laughs> like, I would love to see. I really would have loved to see if it was a chubby guy. And then he he mixed he uh, really um, connected with a really gorgeous woman. If she would say no, because yeah, that should be the experiment. Like, is love truly blind? That's what they wanted to know, right? Because to me, I'm a very romantic, and I know I'm a chubby guy, so it's hard for me to build that connection with a really beautiful woman because men or women are very shallow so people know. in general yes they, especially in like nowadays with like tinder culture it's oh it's a mess i'm glad that we i've uh, totally like avoided that dating culture oh whatever <laughs> you're the one of the you're you're like you're in the, have you ever seen those ratings where they say s a b c you're an s you're super super like you're above a you know whatever <laughs> You had a you had you had them on like you had a, like a line you had to like hit them with a stick. No, go away. No, 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 no. Oh no! Well, it, it, Ethan and I have been together for like eleven years, so no we way. never. Yeah. Hey, kudos to him. Tell oh, him yeah, it's been that, a while. That's some talent, you know, to, to to like tie you down and and have you on lockdown for eleven years. That's a, that's a talent. 
Or vice versa. Did oh. I have him on lockdown? Ooh. ooh. <laughs> okay. That's what but, I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah. So we didn't do any of the Tinder or, you know, the dating online stuff. We didn't do any of that. We just like totally missed it. So having uh, all of my single friends now who are like, oh, I'm so frustrated with this, like, you know, one night stand scene. And I'm like, well, I don't. Well, maybe I we shouldn't I do understand. one night stands. That's the key. Uh, yeah. But it's hard to get out of that because it's like so ingrained now. I don't I know. know. In like millennial dating culture you know maybe we should do an app that you have to only date the person based on their profile and you have to talk to them like like love is blind. like a love is blind app mm, okay mm, we're taking it to yeah. the real world now mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i like it yeah 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 uh yeah i um hey you know after her her making children maybe you know maybe we can solve everyone else's love love career so <laughs> yeah give me a few months of raising an infant and then we'll solve you know all of the world's love problems <laughs> hey if if there's anyone that is qualified to do it i would definitely put you in that category so i i, I would be happy to make you chief love um um happiness coordinator of the world so oh i like that title yeah I have to get some business cards printed <laughs> <laughs> so um so in that experience you're fully aware of of how incredible that is do you do you are you thinking like you're done then after that experience or what what is after now Miss america yeah yeah what why did you decide to do usa was there something lacking did you feel that if you would have want if you would have been miss miss america then would you feel fully fully um fulfilled or because you didn't win you didn't feel fully fulfilled that's why you went and did usa if i would have won miss america so miss america is a very demanding job it is grueling it is a year of living out of two suitcases and traveling every two days throughout the country i think i probably would have been pretty over it at that point and not continued on and i don't know actually i don't think there have ever been any girls who have won a national pageant who have gone on afterwards to compete at a different system, except recently Andrea, I can never pronounce her name, Gibau, Gibau or something like that. Mm -hmm. She just won Miss New York USA and she was a national title holder for a different system. I want to say earth. She's like the first, yes. she's she like was the first earth. example that I've seen of somebody winning a national title like that. And then going on to continue competing in a different system. But I think if I would have won Miss America, I probably wouldn't have continued. And I definitely had to take some time after that to kind of regroup because it's hard. I mean, pageantry, like you go to a pageant like Miss America two or three weeks there you're on all the time it's constant you're waking up at like 3 a.m to do your hair and makeup and then you have like rehearsal and appearances all day until like 11 o'clock you're doing interviews you're getting you know called by the press to step out and you, it's just it's so much it's grueling it's exhausting it's fantastic and it's really fun but you really need to like regroup afterwards so i did that but I, I wanted more. I knew, and it comes back to my very competitive nature. I think that I thought that I could do well in other systems and why not try it? Because I, 
I competed at Miss Maryland USA after, so my timeline is like all blurred in my head. Sometime um, after, I think the second, I think it was actually the year after I did not place at Miss Maryland America that I decided to try Miss Maryland USA as a Miss for the first time. And so I had actually done USA in the midst of my America competing time. Interesting. So I knew like kind of what the experience was like. It's very similar to being a teen. They make it really fun. It's a weekend. So it's like Friday to Sunday. So it's not like a huge time commitment to do the state competition. And, um, I had the wardrobe. So, right. Of course. Yeah. So I decided why not? Like I'll, I'll compete and we'll see what happens. So after Miss America, I took some time and I was like, you know, I think I could, I think I could do Maryland USA. I want to give it a shot. Let's see how it goes. I'm not going to put a lot of pressure on myself. So I did, um, I don't remember the years, but the second time I competed, the first time I competed as a miss, I don't believe I placed, or maybe I did top 15. No, uh, top 15 the first time. Second time I got first runner up. Third time I won. So four times to win Miss Maryland America, three times to win Miss Maryland USA. Right. So don't give from, up, ladies. Keep from, going back. From your cheap, <laughs> if you ever do a photo shoot in my office, um, you, you, I ask for an autograph. So based on our cheat sheet here, you have a three-year gap between um, America and USA. So you're 13 yep. in America, 16 in, in USA. So That's right. So do you... Do you think that the USA pageantry was also a good contributor to helping you win the original America title because it was helping you practice and continue like sharpening your knife, as they would say, for for um, competition? Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said before, any time you're able to do an interview, to be on stage, to be in that environment where you're, you know, essentially uh, trying out to be a title holder and you're in a competition to win a title, all of that practice, no matter what system it is, it's going to help you because you're getting those skills. You're being on stage. You're getting rid of any nerves that you might've had. So any, any time that you can, you know, practice, that's why a lot of people ask me, I've done so many different systems. Um, I did a smaller one called princess America and everybody says that they like to brand themselves kind of as like a, a Miss USA training ground, Princess America does. So I've had a lot of girls ask me, should I do Princess America? And I'm like, yeah, why not? Why not get the practice? You get to go to Florida. It's fun. It's a great group of people. The guy who runs it is so sweet. Why not do it? Like take advantage of every opportunity you have to be on stage, every opportunity you have to interview with really well-qualified judges. But their claim, but their claim is really um, true because you've won Amer uh, USA and Adriana did the same thing. So there's a lot of validation that oh, if yeah. you do that pageant, you're going to go on to win. So I think that's yeah. I think that's not a lie. I think that's a valid point. So they have a ton of girls who go on to win USA state titles, whether they're teen or miss. Yeah, they know what they're doing. I mean, it's great. He gets some really, really good judges in every year and you get good feedback at the end of it, which a lot of pageants don't give you feedback. 
they're not like you should improve on XYZ. They're just like, oh, well, you didn't win by C next year. But Princess America does give you feedback. And certain, like certain Miss America locals, the directors will give you feedback, which is always appreciated. But it's but not that's required. Why I think, that's the bad no, thing. No, not at all. And a lot of them, I, the majority do not. It's just like, well, good luck. Hope you learned what you did wrong. And see, that, that's why I think that's it's so important to do like mock interviews. Right. And that's disheartening to, to like put all the effort in and then they just like, they, they're like, I'll take your money and uh, thanks for uh, supporting my local, you know, my local business because that's basically what it is because you're, yeah. you're, you're donating money to this charity so you can enter, but you're, you're also supporting their local business. So I, I, I really do think that doing a small pageant like Princess America is really good because am I, if I'm correct, please, um, if I'm wrong, please let me know. But from what I've been told, their rules are specifically how they are at USA. They're they're mm-hmm. laid out yeah, exactly the same way. So that you understand that. Just the same. Yeah. Does that help, you know, going back to USA, knowing that they're exactly the same, that you feel so comfortable? It's like coming home and everything's exactly the same. Yeah. Well, anytime you know. So, so a lot of preparation is I think one of the most important things. So you have the physical preparation, you have the mental preparation. Visualization is going to be really important and being able to walk in your mind through every phase of competition. So if you've already had the opportunity to physically do every phase of competition in the same way that you're going to in the future, go and do it again, it's just going to help you that much more. If I get to do the same length interview with the same number of judges, then I already know how it's going to work out. I know I'm going to walk in. I'm going to sit down right here. I'm going to greet all of the judges. You know, I can walk through everything. I can visualize myself doing all of that so that afterwards, when I'm getting prepared to do, say, a USA state pageant, I know what to expect. So there's not that like fear. You don't feel any sort of, I mean, you might still get nervous. Obviously that's normal. You might get some butterflies, but Knowing what to expect is so helpful. Like nobody likes being thrown into a situation that's like totally brand new to them. That's why all of the practice and visualization and, and going through all of the phases of competition in your head is so important. So going back to how historic the national pageant is for America, did you feel the same way about USA or at this point, America so far ahead above USA, it wasn't comparative or, or they on the same level at this point because I personally love how glamorous USA is. So I, I like the the glam I like the USA style. So in your opinion, now that you've already won America and you are now the USA title holder, what was that experience like going to nationals? It was so different. It was so like, I don't, I try not to go into any competition having expectations, but I just, it, okay. So let me, I'll break Sounds down like the biggest down. differences. It, I wouldn't say it was a letdown because I still had a good time and I still made a lot of good friends. And at the end of the day, I got to compete at Miss USA and that was really, really cool. But the thing that I loved about America is that they had us out and about throughout Atlantic City all the time. At Miss USA, we spent 
most of our time in the hotel. We only got to go out a couple times. I went to Red Rock Canyon, which was awesome. Um, we did like an autograph signing on the strip, which was pretty cool. But most of our time was spent inside in rehearsal. And at Miss America, we rehearsed a lot. Yes, we did a lot of, you know, getting prepared, making sure we knew walking patterns and choreography. But I felt like I was able to interact with the community of Atlantic City way more at Miss America than we could interact with the people of Vegas when I was at Miss USA. It was just it was just a different experience. And I agree totally. I love the glamour of Miss USA. I love doing all the photo shoots and modeling is something that I've always been interested in anyway. So it, there are good, there are pros and cons to both. They're just very different. It's, it's kind of hard to compare them because they are so different. Is, did you like the experiencing that Vegas um, USA? Because most people connect even though USA doesn't have a designated history um, with the national pageant, most people um, connect Vegas with USA. Was it exciting for you to go to Vegas to have your national title? It was. It was awesome. I had never been to Vegas before then. Cool. It was so hot. It was <laughs> like the middle of the summer in Las Vegas, which is probably part of the reason that they had us inside so much because you step outside and you're like dripping sweat. <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't really get, to, I didn't get to see a ton of Vegas while I was there. I didn't get to see a lot of it. So I wish that I would have had a chance to just explore and, you know, see all the different sites and visit all the cool places and not just the hotel and then the venue. Is the is the best way to describe it that the USA is more of a TV product and America is more of a, an outreach product and TV is... 100%. Okay. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I would say that they that USA was very much like a, like a reality show almost. Wow. Okay. Cameras everywhere, um, documenting the whole process. I mean, you've seen the productions. Oh yeah. When they air Miss USA, you see a lot of like, bum bum, here's the drama behind the scenes. Oh my gosh, could she break her ankle? Like, and America, <laughs> it's like, look at these awesome platforms. Like, look at the incredible work that these girls are doing. And I wish that USA, and they have recently, since IMG's taken over, they've put a lot more focus on the girls and the great things that they're doing. And I really like that. I really like the direction that they're going with that. Um, but prior to that. And I was the first year that IMG had taken over. So maybe they were still kind of, you know, getting their footing, seeing what worked for them, um, developing, you know, their plan for production. And I totally understand that because having been in TV, I, I, I get it. Well, they but also, it, they had to, they really did have to separate themselves from the prior administration. Um, and, oh yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they, that, and I that, mean that, once that, Trump stepped down, they had to be like, we're different. Yeah, of course. Um, so overall, do you have any really strong recommendations or, or theories or, or if, if you have someone young that wants to compete in either, what, what do you think that they should do? You know, we had talked about fitness career, uh, about how to be in, in great shape. We've really broken down what it is a judge is looking for. So just to sum it up on your side, what are some things 
for America and USA that someone that's wants to compete in those systems that could do well. So I know that's hard to do, but yeah, there's a lot of things. I'll try to I'll yeah, try no. to sum it up yeah, you can briefly. Sum, you can and do- it's gonna be these are gonna be applicable to both because I think really any pageant system, whether you're doing America, USA, World America, Earth, IJM, like whatever system you're in, the most important thing is to know the system, its mission, what they stand for, what they advocate for, what kind of title holders they typically crown. That's going to be really important in your preparation and making sure that you say, have your wardrobe correct, um, that you're practicing the right types of interview questions because some pageants don't do politics at all. Some pageants really want you to have an opinion on absolutely everything. That's America. You need to have an opinion on everything. Um, be true to yourself. Don't try to be like the other girls that they've crowned in the past because they already had that girl. They She already won. She was already a title holder. And you can't be her anyway, so don't try. Like, you need to really know who you are, do a lot of, like, deep self-examination. What are your hobbies? What are you into? What are your interests? Have things that you're passionate about. That's, it's going to be important that you're not just a girl who is into pageants. I mean, pageants are great, but you need to have things in your life apart from that. Because at the end of the day, like, yes, winning a sparkly crown is important, but there's so much more to life than that. So have important family relationships, have hobbies, have, you know, school, have stuff that's important to you. And that's just going to make you that much more well-rounded as a pageant contestant anyway. So be prepared, know yourself, be honest, be honest with yourself, be honest with your coaches, be honest with the judges. If you don't have a coach or you can't afford a coach, utilize all the free resources that are available. YouTube is great. Watch previous year's pageants. Watch, I mean, Pageant Planet has like a whole channel where you can watch like interviews with title holders and just get a feel for the type of people that, I mean, like I said, you don't want to be those people, but you can kind of see like, oh, you know, it's important to express myself in a very positive way. That's something that's going to be consistent across all pageants. You want to stay positive. You want to be as wholesome as you can. You want to be funny when you can throw some humor in there. That always helps. But do your research. There's a lot of resources out there if you just look for them. And not all coaches are expensive. Some people will work with you for a really good price because they want to help you because it's something that they love. Like I do some coaching and I'm totally open to working with people within their schedules and their budgets you know, because I love pageants and I love how it helps girls. So that's going to be really important. And then just have fun. That's why we do it. You do it because it's fun and because you love being on stage and you love performing. And at the end of the day, if you're not having fun with it, why are you doing it? (laughs) I mean, your laughter is so infectious. I mean, do you think at the end of the day, like you're saying, if, if you're not liking it, then why do it, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, why would you continue with something that makes you miserable or that you are struggling? Not to say that you shouldn't be struggling, because I've definitely struggled, and it's still something that I was passionate about. But like, 
if you don't wake up in the morning and think, wow, I'm still really motivated to do this for X, Y, Z reasons, why continue? There's going to be something else out there that you would potentially really, really love. So find the thing that's your thing. For some people, it's pageants. And for some people, it's not. It could be sports. It could be art. It could be music. You know, whatever your thing is, find it and go for it. Uh, I am so blessed to have you as a friend and I'm so blessed for your insight and have you on this show. I am so thankful um, to uh, have this time with you and I, I'm looking forward to, uh, to uh, working with you in the future and, and uh, congratulations on your newborn um, whenever he or she may come. And um, uh, I think your advice was absolutely on the on the on the nose and i hope every single person really pays attention because if if you can't get some great knowledge from a double title holder i don't know who else you would seek so i if if you're open to uh taking on new clients i think that uh that christina would be an absolute amazing pageant coach to work with so well, thank you so much for having me. If you guys are interested, EPIC Epic Pageant Prep on Facebook, hit me up. I'm happy to help you. And thank you so much for chatting, Paul. Thank you for having me. It's been oh, really fun. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> thank you so much, Christina, for coming on the show. I mean, what an incredible episode. Um, I, I do apologize, guys. You know, I know it was almost uh, two hours, but what amount of information we got from Christina and how bubbly is. I mean, if I, if you could just um, put her laughter into, into a bottle and have that as a natural um, defense and just have that as, um, as just a bubbly experience, I think everybody would be much happier. I wish everyone was so happy and giggly like that. That makes you makes you on a bad day feel so much better to hear that or have someone around you like that. So kudos to you for having that positive experience and um, just being so successful. And we're so thankful for you to be a friend of the show and, and to be on the show. Um, again, as I've mentioned several times, we are praying for everyone during quarantine. Um, we, we are here for you guys. I hope you guys all enjoyed our staying fit episode and i really appreciate everyone really becoming followers to us and continuing liking and comment on our episodes and i appreciate all of your feedback please if you haven't subscribed to our channel please like us on youtube and subscribe and also on itunes and we also on this channel we also do a movie review show called the movie breakdown with my co-host, Ivan Carlos, where we talk about movies and we give our opinions. And I really appreciate you guys enjoying that. Give us some ideas of some movies and we will review them. And as always, please stay tuned.